just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. I have to be perfectly honest. I was considering not doing a podcast today. I mean, it's Sunday. Even God takes Sunday off. But since I'm not God and uh, I've got a good work ethic, I decided, well, what the hell, we'll do the podcast. The problem was is that I kind of dicked off all day. I really didn't focus too much on the news or what was happening. So I had to catch myself up at the uh, last minute here before doing the podcast. Now, I had other things on my mind. My wife and I were going out and doing things, and that's crucial. My uh, granddaughter's birthday party is coming up in just a little bit. So I'm kind of focused on that. So I had other things to deal with, things that take priority over the uh, ills of the world. Still have the cold, but it's getting better. But my voice gets dry, and I have to take a drink from time to time, so just bear with me on that. And, of course, we always have emails. People send emails. They have questions, comments, or complaints. And I welcome them all. You can send an email to rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, find the Rational Boomer podcast, and uh, leave a voicemail. Well, I have two emails that I want to read to you. This first one comes from a woman by the name of Moon. I like that name. She's written before. She says, Hola, Miguel. Well, I don't speak Spanish, but I get that. Thank you. I don't want to appear bilingual in fear of pissing off the Republicans. Anyway, she says, Hola, Miguel. That totally didn't make sense when you said, Here's the thing atheists do. Strife and fighting and judging. An atheist will want to blame God for that. Wait, what? Atheists don't believe in God, so how can they blame God? Atheists blame things that are facts like evil despots invading neighboring countries or fossil fuel consumption for climate change. You know, critical thinkers. Get well soon, dude. Moon. All right, Moon. Clearly, you're a smartass. But I happen to like smartasses. I happen to be one. So I can appreciate your email. And yes, you're right. Um, And I'll explain what I was getting at when I did that. You're right. They can't blame God if they don't believe in God. But this is kind of what I meant. They're speaking out against God. They're ridiculing what others believe in. And they're trying to make it so that... uh, The people they're talking to don't want to believe in God, too. So they'll basically talk about things that are happening in the world and uh, blaming it on God, even though they don't believe in God. But they're trying to prove that God doesn't exist, so that's why they're doing it. I don't know. (laughs) I understand they don't believe in God, and uh, I don't care if they believe in God. uh, But they will... The point is, is they will try to argue with you about it if they are of a mind to do that 
and they'll try to discount God or disprove God by talking about all the things God isn't doing or is doing, if that makes any sense. Be honest with you, Moon, I think you and I both have spent way too much time on this, but I do appreciate your email. Thank you very much. I always look forward to hearing from Moon. Now, this one comes from Eric, and it's about God again. Hey, Mike, it's me again, Eric from Tacoma. Per the usual, I was listening to your podcast, and I heard you talking about how atheists think. As a lifelong non-believer atheist, I don't believe that any of the thousands of gods exist. That being said, it surprised me to hear you say that atheists would blame a god for something bad happening. No real atheist would blame God because they don't exist. (laughs) Generally, atheists are like humanists in the sense that blame is placed at the feet of the humans who make all the decisions. Humans are responsible for their happiness, and humans are responsible for all the good things that we do, as well as all the atrocities. When has any God intervened in preventing genocide? If there is an all-knowing God who is everywhere at once with infallible power, it's on the side of Russia and not on the side of the Ukrainian people. All right, Eric. So apparently you and Moon have talked before the show and ganging up on me. You want to go that way? Okay, we can do that. (laughs) See, I should know better. I don't normally talk about God. Uh, because of just this reason. But honestly, Eric and Moon, I I, I take it in the uh, tongue-in-cheek of it all, as you suggested it. And you're right. You can't blame God if you don't believe in God, but I kind of explained what I said before. And, you know, this is my fault. This is absolutely my fault. I made the miscue when I was talking. But more importantly, I encourage you to send emails to rationalboomer at gmail.com. And I always say, if you've got a question, comment, or complaint. So I can't exactly bitch about these emails because I was fucking asking for it. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to uh, do the emails and offer up your complaints. They are taking in good spirits. I'm not angry at anybody. I mean, look, I've been married 38 years. If I was one to have thin skin and take to heart criticism, I wouldn't have been married 38 years. I fucking guarantee you that. So, no, I appreciate it. You're both a couple of smart asses, and I say that with all due respect because, frankly, I'm a smart ass as well. Anyhow, let's move on. Now, as I said, I wasn't planning to do the podcast today, so I didn't quite do as much preparation for the show as I normally would. I have some topics, but I'm going to have to wing it here more than I normally do. So you'll have to bear with me on that. I maybe shouldn't have mentioned it because you maybe wouldn't have noticed. (laughs) But now that I've mentioned it, I've got at least two smartasses that are going to call me on it tomorrow. Anyhow... You know, we've been talking about this audio tape with Kevin McCarthy when he was talking to Liz Cheney. 
All this information came out in a book, said that uh, Kevin McCarthy and Liz Cheney were talking about the 25th Amendment. Kevin McCarthy was talking about the prospect of even asking Donald Trump to resign. And, of course, Kevin McCarthy denies it. And then, of course, the audio recording comes out and proves he's fucking lying. I've told that story a few times. But what you have to understand is this is kind of revealing some interesting things about our Republican Party. I mean, it it really shows us what was really the mindset of the Republican Party when this insurrection thing happened and Donald Trump did what he did. They all felt appalled by it. They all felt like this was the end of times and they were going to have to jump off the Donald Trump ship. But somehow, for us at home, watching the TV news and watching the speeches and such, we didn't get that impression at all. We thought they're still on board. They're trying to gaslight us. They, they're not telling us what they really believe. They're telling us what they want us to believe that they believe. And as I said yesterday, it's all about votes. It's all about money. Once they realized that the general population in the Republican Party didn't care if there was lying, cheating, stealing, corruption, criminality, all that stuff, given that they didn't care about any of that, well, then the Republican Party just shut their mouth and they went on doing business as usual. This also shows how much they're kowtowing to Donald Trump. I mean, it's palpable, the fear that they have of Donald Trump. And maybe at one point, that was a valid fear. I mean, anybody speaks out against Donald Trump, he immediately tries to get a primary set up to go against them and endorses that primary candidate and hopefully costs the person who had the audacity to speak out against him to lose their election. Now, at one point, that may have been a problem. That that may have been a concern. But I think it's becoming less and less a concern because, as I've talked about before, Donald Trump is losing his grip on the Republican Party. This midterm election situation is going to be interesting because if the endorsees by Donald Trump don't win, all of a sudden, he'll be seen as weak. And as much as the Republican Party thinks he's their Lord and Savior, they'll toss him aside as fast as they can once he's of no use to them. I mean, as it is, what he's basically been able to do is get them to go against their better judgment to lie to the American public based on the fear of what he might do to them. What you have to understand is this is the Republican Party. If you happen to be somebody that votes for the Republican Party or maybe considers voting for the Republican Party, you really have to look at this. You have to you have to see the hypocrisy in it. And Kevin McCarthy is clearly a hypocrite. And then you talk about Mark Meadows. He's screaming about election fraud. He's screaming about voter fraud. Yet somehow now we find out that he was registered in three states to vote in the same election, which is clearly voter fraud. It goes back to the old projection thing that we've talked about before, and uh, clearly that's what he's doing. But it really shows us that the Republican Party is really pretty fucking slimy. I mean, 
They don't speak honestly. They don't speak directly. They will do anything for votes and money, even if it hurts the constituents, the people that elected them. Now, I don't know why that's not enough for Republicans to say, yeah, I'm not voting for this guy. I remember back in the 60s and 70s what it took to cause voters to walk away from a candidate. There were people that either ran for office and didn't win or didn't even bother to run for office simply because they were divorced. For voters back then, that was a bridge too far. We even had somebody running for vice president, Sergeant Shriver, and he's connected to the Kennedys and other situations by marriage. But uh, he was a vice presidential candidate. I think it was for McGovern. I'm not sure. That's so fucking long ago, and I was four or five at the time. But it was revealed prior to the election that he was getting some, some medical treatment. But it was medical, uh, mental medical treatment. He was seeing a psychologist. Now, these days, that doesn't seem too strange. But as soon as people found out that Sergeant Shriver did have um, this medical care, it obviously destroyed him as a candidate. And he had to pull out, and they replaced him with somebody else. Well, of course, McGovern didn't win, so it didn't matter. But can you imagine that? Somebody gets divorced. Oh, he can't run for anything because nobody's going to tolerate that. Or he went to a psychologist. We can't have him be a candidate. Nobody will vote for him. They'll be appalled by this. Yet now we've got candidates that have committed corruption and criminality. We've had a president that's been divorced a few times and has a propensity of paying off hookers to keep their mouth shuts. But all of that is completely ignored by the Republicans. They don't care about that. They're not concerned about that. Think about how far this country has degraded in what we will accept in our candidates from the 60s to now. And it's absolutely fucking amazing. I mean, think about this. We've got some people that have done some horrible shit that are still in elected office. Case in point, Matt Gates. Case in point, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Mark Meadows, Paul Gosar. All these Trumple fucks have done far worse things than these people back in the 60s and 70s. And they're still sitting fat and happy sitting in their position of power. So you have to wonder, does that mean the Republican Party is worse? No, probably not. That means all of us are fucking worse. All of us are worse. We are accepting less. We are ignoring uh, failures in our candidates just because we like their agenda. That's a troubling thing, isn't it? Don't you? I mean, don't you think that's kind of troubling? It says a lot about this country and the people in it, and that's disturbing. And if the people in this country are like that, we've got far more to fix than our government. We've got far more to worry about than our government. Now, let's talk about some sick fucks. 
Have you been watching this ongoing trial between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? Now, this isn't something normally I would talk about, but it ties into the previous story. It's, it's, um, it speaks to the condition of the people in this country. And I'm watching this trial, not the whole trial, I see bits and pieces. If you're on TikTok, a video from that comes up every other fucking TikTok on your For You page. But you watch these people, and you realize these people are some broken, emotionally broken fucking people. I mean, these people are wildly successful, wildly rich, but they're still such broken people. Now, when I look at this uh, trial and I look at Johnny Depp, he's doing everything he can to be as somber and uh, sincere as he possibly can. Now, is he really sincere? I, I don't fucking know. I mean, this is a Hollywood guy. He's talented. I like Johnny Depp at different times. But here's what I want to know. When did he get this accent, this kind of half-assed, quasi-British accent? He's really got a lot of affectations in his voice. And the guy's from fucking Kentucky. He doesn't talk like Mitch McConnell. He's got this weird voice, this weird accent, and I don't know where it comes from. I mean, do they develop this over time as they become stars? Is this what you're supposed to do? Or is he supposed or is he trying to fool us or hoodwink us to believe he's something other than he really is? Now, I think when most people watch this trial, they kind of feel sorry for Johnny Depp. The impression you get is he's uh, drunk, he had some addiction problems, and uh, Amber Heard wanted people to believe that he was violent against her. Now, the perception when you hear him talk and how kind of gentle he seems, the perception is that, nah, he couldn't do that. People around him have come in and said, nah, that's not Johnny. Johnny's not a violent guy. And maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true, but maybe it is true. But then when you hear from Amber Heard and you hear about Amber Heard and you look at Amber Heard, now clearly she's a beautiful woman and she's a decent actress. But you look at that woman in that trial as Johnny Depp is speaking and she's got the craziest fucking eyes I've ever seen. And then when you hear the audio tapes of her speaking to Donald Trump, and uh, clearly she's a fucking nutcase. And who knows where they came from or what their child was like, but they're adults now. They are privileged adults. They are wealthy adults. But somehow they've become really ill emotionally. They both are. They clearly both are. Um, and one su- Johnny's suing her for $36 million because she came out and said that he was physically abusive to her and he had lost jobs and it affected his career. And after he's suing her, now she's suing him for God knows what for $76 million. This is a civil case. This isn't a criminal trial. Nobody's going to fucking jail at this point. But you watch these two and you go, neither one of these two should be fucking left alone. 
they clearly have some severe problems and they have no business being alone. And they certainly have no business being together. Now, Johnny's doing a good job portraying himself as the poor, beaten-down man who's taken abuse. And it appears as though Amber Heard not only was abusive in her own right, actually hit Johnny Depp, that's what's being said, but also lying about what Johnny Depp was alleged to have done. Hmm. The point of it is, as you sit and watch this, And you hear this, and people just seem to be attracted to it. They can't stop watching it. Because people in this country aren't as concerned about facts and truth and news as they are scandal. And um, and, uh, the things we're seeing in this particular trial. The point of it is, is regardless of if Johnny Depp is abusive or Amber Heard is abusive, who the fuck cares? I mean, these people don't care about us. They have nothing to do with us. From time to time, they end up in a movie. We spend 11 bucks and we watch the movie and hopefully we're entertained. But that's all that's important. It goes back to what I said about the condition of society. When people spend their time watching these things and ignoring facts and truth and righteousness like the Trumplicans, Uh, with Fox News, not listening to any other information and not getting the whole story, you really got to question the state of our country. I mean, you got to maybe even question (laughs) how parenting is going. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. 99.9999% of all the bad in this country can be traced back to shitty parents. I think parenting has dropped off a lot from the 60s and 70s. Now, granted, 60s and 70s, it was a much different time. If I got in trouble, I could have got spanked with a spatula or a belt. Now, nobody in their right mind would do that today, and if they did, they'd probably end up in fucking jail. But somehow, some way, we've got to learn how to discipline kids and get them to toe the line. Because if this is the future of this country, there is no hope for the country. There aren't people that you can take seriously, like all the Trumplefucks. You know, it's one thing to have them come up to me, and they do frequently, but I can't even take them seriously because they're speaking from something that just isn't true. They're averse to facts and righteousness and what is true. And there's no way to carry on a conversation with them. And it's same for the people who are enthralled by Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, but maybe don't think too much about the Ukraine war, uh, the insurrection, uh, what's going on down in Florida with Disney. They don't seem to be as interested in that, but boy, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard make their fucking day. We got a lot of work to do in this country. We've got to fix our government. There is no question about it, but we as a people need to be fixed too. There's just too many people that aren't serious. They don't focus on what's important. They are just looking for entertainment, immediate gratification. And that kind of goes back to what I've talked about many times before. 
Donald Trump leaves office two days after he's out of office. People are angry because nothing's happening to Donald Trump as if they thought as soon as he walked out of the White House, they would cuff him and drag him to jail. That was never going to happen. This isn't a reality show. This isn't a fiction show like uh, uh, what Johnny Depp might have been in or Amber Heard might have been in. They want the show, and they want the resolution right now. And unfortunately, in real life with adults, that doesn't happen. It just doesn't fucking happen. So we need to do some work on our government. We need to do some work on our media. And we need to do some work on the people in this country. I was disappointed when Donald Trump came into office, and I finally realized just how many stupid people were in this country. It's dis. It's disconcerting. It's sad. And how does that happen? We do have public education here. We presumably have parents for most of these people, yet they have learned nothing. They're acting like children, like babies. I need what I need now, and if I don't get it, I'm going to fucking scream about it. We've got to get some more serious people in this country. Or educate and train these people that are affected in such a way where scandal and uh, gossip is more important to them than the future of this world. It's frustrating to watch. Trust me. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Well, since we're talking about sick, degenerate fucks, have you seen these pictures of Madison Cawthorn. He is a representative in the House of Representatives from North Carolina. He's 26 years old. He's racist, misogynistic. He's an anti-Semite. He tends to sexually harassing women. Yeah, you know Madison Cawthorn. Well, some pictures came out recently where he was at a party and maybe drinking and all that sort of stuff, and that's fine. But He's wearing women's lingerie. In fact, he's even wearing a bra over the lingerie. Now, far be it from me from complaining about anybody who wants to dress in drag or has transgendered issues. I'm fine with that. I don't care how people live as long as they are good people. The problem with Madison Cawthorn is he's the kind of guy that speaks out against transgendered folks or... or, uh, Uh, people of the LGBTQ group. He speaks out against them, and he speaks badly of them. Yet somehow these pictures come out, and he's dressed up um, in this women's lingerie. See, the interesting thing is this kid, and he's a kid, he's 26 years old, comes from a conservative Baptist community. This is why he's conservative right. This is why he's against abortion. This is why he's against LGBTQ. So it's ironic that if he's against all these things, that when he's out partying and getting drunk, he's dressing up in women's lingerie. The other thing that's kind of weird about this, too, is that, remember, he is the one that said that... uh, When he got to Washington less than two years ago, a little over a year ago, that uh, he would talk to some of the people in the House of Representatives, and he would be invited to orgies. 
<laughs> and seeing people that were allegedly against drugs doing cocaine. And again, we remember that's the one thing that uh, was a bridge too far for Kevin McCarthy. He had a talking to with Madison Cawthorn. Now, Madison Cawthorn's got all kinds of problems. He was probably involved in the January 6th insurrection, and he will be called out for it. In fact, um, what happened to Marjorie Taylor Greene also happened to Madison Cawthorn in North Carolina. Unfortunately, a federal judge said, yeah, we don't have to try Madison Cawthorn. But what's going to happen, they're going to go back and they're going to appeal that. And ultimately, there will be a hearing for Madison Cawthorn on whether he should have the opportunity to be reelected because of his involvement in the insurrection. But Madison's got all kinds of problems. He's got these weird pictures coming out. He's talking shit about his colleagues in the House of Representatives. He's a general dirtbag in terms of what he believes about in this country. And then, of course, there was the situation where he was pulled over by the police and he was driving with a revoked license because of past traffic problems, speeding or what have you. And then he finds out that um, his insurance is actually held by his father. Now, granted, he's a 26-year-old kid, but he's also a representative. He's in the House of Representatives. You would think you could expect something better than what you have in Madison Cawthorn. Some people will say, well, he's just a 26-year-old kid doing what a 26-year-old kid does. I beg to differ. I've had 26-year-old kids, and they don't do this stupid shit. They don't say these stupid things, and they don't act this way. This kid is privileged. He decides to do whatever he wants. He hops on the bandwagon of the Republican conservatives, starts spewing that shit because he feels like it'll get him elected to office, and it did. But when you peel back the skin, you see that Madison Cawthorn, as much as he's limited with his handicap, um, he's doing all kinds of fucked up shit. He's dealing with all kinds of fucked up people. Now, Madison Cawthorn probably has little chance to be reelected when it comes down to uh, November, but Madison Cawthorn will have some other problems before then because he was tied to the insurrection, enough so that uh, the people that are suing Marjorie Taylor Greene believe they have just as much information and evidence to sue Madison Cawthorn. And as I've said before, People are concerned with how these trials are going to go if if um, Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to be disqualified from running for office in November. Now, if it doesn't go that way, people are going to see, oh, see, everybody gets off. But you got to understand, this is pretty minor. This is an independent group trying to sue them so they can't run for office. But while all that's going on, there, of course, is criminal investigations by the DOJ. And now we're finding out that the DOJ is digging into this. So don't worry about Marjorie Taylor Greene, Madison Cawthorn, or whoever with these kinds of civil suits. It would be nice if they lose and they can't run for election again. But if they don't, don't get all butthurt and worried about it. Because the fact of the matter is, is they're going to get got. They're going to get got eventually here. 
They can't help it because they're not very bright. They've done some egregious things, and they're going to go down for it. There's just no question. You can say that Donald Trump may get away with things, and he's a little different story because he was the former president of the United States, and he'll probably get more leeway than some of these other folks. But rest assured that those people around Donald Trump and those people like Madison Cawthorn and Marjorie Taylor Greene that support Donald Trump, they're in trouble because they don't have the protection that Donald Trump had or currently has. They're going to get taken down, and there's not going to be people thinking twice about it. They're going to take them down. All right. I should have called this... uh, podcast pieces of shit because I have yet another to talk about. Of course, I'm talking about Ron DeSantis. Now, of course, Ron DeSantis wants to take away the special um, tax district away from Disney World. It's called Reedy Creek Improvement. Now, people are saying, why did they get that in the first place? Well, they're a big company. They have a lot of money, and they were building a destination for for tourists to come to that will be that is huge and will draw a lot of people. Florida at the time in 1967 wanted them to come there as opposed to someplace else. There already was a Disneyland in California. They wanted to put this one in Florida. And you can bet your ass that Florida wanted them to put it there. And they were willing to give some concessions in order to make that happen. And that's what they did. It's called the Reedy Creek Improvement. It was an inducement for Disney World to come to Florida. And they induced Disney World to come to Florida because it was going to make them a lot of money. Florida is a tourist state. Disney World is probably the biggest tourist attraction in the state. The value of Disney World to Florida is immense. And in spite of that, Ron DeSantis wants to shit on it because it's all about his ego and not about what common sense will play. Now, you have to understand, there are going to be people very angry about what he's doing. Even Republicans will probably be angry because if they finally do end this special tax district, it's going to all fall on the local cities and counties around Disney World. You see, with the special tax tax district, they uh, run, operate, and fund their own fire department, police department, water, um, garbage, all, all kinds of things. Disney World pays for it themselves. They are kind of autonomous to the rest of the state. They're like a, I don't know if they're like a, a reservation or something. They're kind of like a sovereign territory. And they've always been given that leeway because Florida wants to keep them in Florida. Well, Ron DeSantis isn't thinking about that. He's just mad that they had the audacity to contradict him. So now this is why he hopes to punish them. Now understand, if he pulls this off, because all of those things that Disney now controls and does for their own community will now go to the outside cities, locales, and counties. So they are going to take the burden of the expense to do all those things that Disney has always been doing. And what that means to taxpayers is an increase in taxes almost immediately. 
of 25%. Now, whether you're Democrat or Republican, you're not going to be feeling too good about a 25% increase in your taxes. But that's what will happen. But Ron DeSantis, of course, is all about burning bridges, scorching the earth, or whatever else you want to call it. But he has one problem he didn't consider. And this is what happens when you have dumb fucks that don't think ahead. They just react out of emotion. They get angry and they say and do shit that they shouldn't do. And here's where the problem lies for Ron DeSantis in canceling this uh, special tax district and incurring all the expenses for regular citizens as opposed to what it was. You have to understand, given the circumstances and given the situation, Florida has every right legally to end that Reedy uh, Reedy Creek improvement. They can do that. It's not so much whether they can, it's about why they're doing it. And the fact of the matter is, we know exactly why. It's a show of fascism by Ron DeSantis, but basically he is... uh, pushing through this don't-say-gay bill, and it's fucked up, and it may be unconstitutional in its own right. But the only reason they want to take this away from Disney is because Disney contradicted them. They said, we don't like this. We don't agree with it. And that's all it took. That's what made Ron DeSantis mad and why he's taking these measures now. But there's a problem with that. You can take it away for any number of reasons, but to take it away because they said something that you don't like, well, there's a problem there. And the problem lies within the First Amendment. You know how strongly they support that Second Amendment? Well, now they're going to have to look at the First Amendment because you can't punish these people for simply using their First Amendment and disagreeing with the government. Now, Disney World has a lot of powerful attorneys and legal departments, and they have a lot of money. They, ha- they may or may not have more money than the government, but when the government goes to court, and trust me, Disney's going to take them to court and run them through the fucking ringer. And when, it, when these people realize that their taxes are going up by 25%, and this court case is going to cost them millions and millions more, There's going to be a lot of unhappy people in Florida, both Democrats and Republicans. This whole effort by Ron DeSantis is ill-advised at best, but his emotions and his ego are overriding common sense. Ron DeSantis is not going to do well in this situation, and Disney's going to fuck him up. Trust me, they're going to fuck him up. For me personally, though, because I don't live in Florida... I don't really care if Ron DeSantis does it. I hope he does. And then let the full wrath of Disney come after him. Ron DeSantis is a clown, but I guarantee you Mickey Mouse can kick his fucking ass. And will. They aren't just going to sit by and say, yeah, you can go ahead and do that. That's fine. Next up, dumb shits. More dumb shits. There was a video on Twitter from the Trump rally. That was yesterday, I think. And there was a Republican or right-leaning reporter out there talking to various people at the rally. And there was a woman with a pink dress 
that said, or pink hat that said, Women for Trump. Now, they were talking about the rally and all that's going on, and this woman had a T-shirt on it. And on this T-shirt, it had Melania Trump, Jacqueline Anassas, and Princess Diana. And under Princess Diana said, live or living, and Jacqueline Onassis says, living, and uh, Melania Trump, we know she's living. So the reporter asked her, what's this mean? Says, well, Princess Diana and Jacqueline Onassis are still alive. <laughs> yeah, that and uh, Elvis and... Uh, and John JFK Jr. and all these people. It's amazing that they hear these stories and they repeat them as if there's some possibility that they're true, but they're so ridiculous. And these people look so stupid when they say these things. And then she said, well, they don't look like they used to. Well, I guess not. I mean, many of these people have been dead for 50 years. If they were still alive, there might be some changes. But it's as if they're in costume or in some kind of uh, mask, so we wouldn't recognize them by the face, but they're here. Now, the question is, what's important by that? Say they were here, and they aren't. But say they were, why is that important? And they, they were asked, where's your proof of this? I mean, what's the proof of this? And they said, well, you know, God speaks to us. So for Eric and Moon, clearly these people aren't atheists. (laughs) They are stupid as fuck, but they are not atheists. But they say God speaks to us. And then they went into another explanation. There's ways we can figure things out like ABC123, like Michael Jackson sang about many years ago. I'm guessing they think Michael Jackson is still alive as well. But basically what she was saying with regards to ABC 123, and it was hard to follow, but she was kind of connecting numbers with letters, and that had some secret code and apparently told them messages from God. See what I mean about these people? These aren't serious people. These aren't even adults. They're acting like children. Somebody tells them some ridiculous story and they buy into it. It's fucking frightening that we have this going on in our country. Diana's not alive. Jackie O's not alive. Michael Jackson's not alive. JFK Jr. or JFK Sr. They're not alive. Anybody with common sense would say that. But clearly these people don't have common sense. And that... Well, that's kind of troubling, don't you think? I mean, this is what we're battling against. People that believe legends and rumors and conspiracy theories. And they spew it to us as if it's obvious that it's proof that what they think is right. It's, it's almost fucking hilarious, actually. I mean, who, who would do that? I can't think of any time in history where a large group of people that got a certain amount of legitimacy said things like this. You know, of course, we've had cults in the past. Remember the Moonies in the 70s or the Manson crew? They said some crazy shit, too, but they ended up in jailed or disbanded or bankrupt or whatever. 
These people are being held up as if they're legitimate, and they make a good point. It's fucking scary. It's really fucking scary. Another story we talked about, this is a little more, a lot more serious. But apparently, Russia is forcibly deporting Mariupol residents to Russia. Now, we talked about this story before, hearing that as many as 500,000 people have been deported from Ukraine to Russia. And my question is, where are they putting them? It sounds like they were putting them in in some shitty little uh, depressed towns. But again, the question I would have, you can't just send these Russians or these Ukrainian in and let them run roughshod. Hell, Vladimir Putin's trying to gaslight Russian citizens by saying nothing's going on. These people who have been bombed out and deported to another country, you don't think they're going to talk? You don't think they might be convincing when you look at some of these people who are wounded or hurt or upset or emotionally broken because of what's happened to them? I can't believe that Vladimir Putin would do that. So the only thing I can think of is that they're putting in some kind of camps. And I hope that's not the case. But as I said yesterday, when we finally were able to get a look inside the city of Bukha, we found atrocities that we could never imagine. Now the question is, what are we going to find in other places when we finally get to see that? And what are we going to find out when we finally get down to the point where we can track down these hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians that have been deported to Russia and what has happened to them? That is frightening in its own right, and I'm not looking forward to seeing how that shakes out. A couple of other quick things. Tucker Carlson. Now, here's a guy that will say some crazy shit, and the thing he said most recently is probably the craziest shit I've heard to date. He's talking about men in this country are being uh, feminized or or uh, emasculated. I don't know where he's getting that from or why he thinks that. But he has a, 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 a remedy for that situation. And the remedy is apparently somehow getting um, more sun to your testicles. <laughs> wow. How do you do that? I mean, do you go outside without your pants on? Do you get a sun lamp? Do you go get a spray tan? What do you fucking do? But he seems to think, and he's reporting, that if you get sunlight onto your testicles, it will increase your testosterone substantially, and we will save all these men that are being emasculated. Now, that's not a thing. That's not real. That's not a serious thing to be talking about. But that's what Tucker Carlson is talking about. And, of course, the people that hear it, they're going, yeah, that's a good idea. Now they're sitting in their backyards with their pants off, fucking tanning their testicles. Jesus Christ. You know, don't we have enough problems in this world where we, we don't need to come up with some crazy bullshit to worry about? Now, the last thing we're going to talk about, Jamie Raskin, a representative in the House of Representatives. And uh, he's been talking about now that this evidence is coming out about the January 6th insurrection, the connection to Mark Meadows, Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., all of these people that were involved and 
communicating back and forth during and after the insurrection. Jamie Raskin was saying that he was appalled by just how close we came to a coup. Now, it's funny, when the insurrection happened, we all probably thought, oh, this is a crazy thing. They got there, they got mad, they just charged, it got out of hand, that's it. But what we're finding out now, of course, is there was a lot of planning and strategy to this whole thing. Their intention was to come from all angles. Fake electors, um, Donald Trump himself and Mark Meadows uh, trying to coerce secretaries of state to overturn and overthrow elections. There was a lot of shit going on. And Jamie Raskin is saying, and I think we can all agree to believe that we came literally a gnat's ass away from an actual successful coup. Now, if that doesn't strike fear into your body, I don't know what is going to do that. You would think even Republicans would step back and say, whoa, that's too far, but they don't. They see the coup, they see the uh, overthrowing of a government is the rightful thing to do in order to save the country. They're willing to throw away our democracy and uh, impose authoritarian governments to save the country. These people are fucking delusional. They have been delusional since Donald Trump came in office. And the problem is, is we've been forced to for a time, and we still do now give them some legitimacy. We give them air to speak. We give them a platform in our media to talk because it's good TV. It's clickbait. But the thing about it is, this stuff is not serious, this is not real, this is not a thing, and the more oxygen we give them, the more we damage this country. So we've got to think about this really hard. We've really got to stop this shit because it's fucking crazy. I'm only hoping against hope that Jamie Raskin is right, that when these televised hearings come, it'll blow the roof off the House of Representatives, that it is going to be bombshell after bombshell. I can only hope that is true, because that is something we need at this point. We need to save the country, not the Republicans. We need to save the country. And it's an extreme situation, so it calls for extreme measures. And the Democrats and all of us on the outside need to take some extreme measures. I'm not talking about violence or that. I'm talking about getting tougher, getting harder, getting louder, and keep pounding and drowning out these Republicans. Otherwise, this country as a whole will be a joke. If they ever regain power, we will just be this. If you ever saw the movie Idiocracy... We're closer to that than I ever imagined. I watched it, and it was a joke, and they were putting down government. But we're very close to that with what's going on in the Republican Party. So that's why we can't afford to let them take power. It's going to amount to getting as many people talking as loud as they can, controlling the narrative, and then an unprecedented amount of people going out and voting in the midterms. That is the only hope at this point. And we can only hope that that's what will happen. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. want to thank you for spending time with me. Uh, Have yourself a great day. I'm going to go party with my granddaughter for her second birthday, and it's going to rock. (laughs) 
I hope you have a good day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.